This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Uh, Sunday the 24th of October 2021. In today's show, you join a very hungover panel as we relive yesterday's surprisingly easy Derby Day victory at a packed Bloomfield Road. As Pool recorded their first home victory over the Nobbers since 2009 and a first at home since 1997. And I'm John Esperol. This is Seaside's podcast match reaction show. Blackpool 2, PNE 0. Preston get battered everywhere they go. Don't come over here. Get out of this club. (laughs) You're a disgrace. Oh, fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> I normally say when the intro fucks up, worst intro ever. I'm going to remix it now to best intro ever. And joining us is Big Fat Boo. Oh, no, hang on a minute. Oh. It's Joe. All right, Joe. Oh. How's he going? Frantically changed his... <laughs> frantically changed his uh, user avatar name there, quality. And if anyone doesn't know what we're on about, Joe, would you just like to explain to the, the wider world what the hell yeah, we're going on uh, about here? It's basically the, the Preston equivalent of Nappers. <laughs> uh, he did a vlog and it, it was a little less unbiased and analytical shall we say, than, than Nappers. Uh, it really is worth a, worth a look. So uh, if you just type into YouTube, Blackpool Big 2, <laughs> Preston 0, 
uh, yeah, you'll find it. It's 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 well worth the nine minutes and eighteen seconds of your life. <laughs> to be fair to the lad, I quite enjoyed the whole vlog as well because um, it was it was a good uh, vlog log of the day. When I didn't realise Tim that they've been forced off from out of the Manchester, they've they've, they've all just come stumbling out of the pub and forced them onto a fucking bus down past the South Pier, which is totally out of the way, and bust them back in. It's like a a huge U-shape to take them back to the game, to the ground, sorry. It's, it's bizarre. It was, uh, it, it, it's probably my highlight of the weekend is watching that vlog, though. It's, it's just, <laughs> yeah, anybody who wants, you can, you can ride it forward about four minutes to get the best. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely got a, a great ending, as all, good, as all good vlogs should have. No, but I mean, fair play to the lad. I mean, I'd probably react, just the same as him. If I were doing a, a vlog on Blackpool and we put in that type of performance, so I admire the guy's passion and you know, fair play. He's supporting his local team, isn't he? Fair play. Well, not he's slagging him off for most of the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome, Kelly. Kelly's the uh, mother of a player in my team who did a uh, an infamous picture outside Deep Dale. It blew up on Twitter. Mitch, did you see it? You're laughing. I think you know the picture I'm talking about. Jacob, Jacob, if you're listening or watching, skipper for the rest of the season, centre forward (laughs) for the best of the season, player of the season award, manager's player of the season award. Yeah, I I showed that. I showed Jacob to a few um, few Preston fans I know at work. Just to, uh, just, yes, they they were a bit touchy about it, weren't they, on Twitter? Some 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 of them were okay, weren't they? And just some mm. were just ridiculous, you know, like eight year old kid. Come on, yeah. I think, uh, I think Kelly called them. I think Kelly called one of them a weapon. Yeah, one of the players. That's like one of my favourites. I love that word. I love that word, a weapon. <laughs> but right, how's, how's everyone feeling, Tim? I've been oh, I've been so jaded today because I woke I woke up at six. Obviously, I've been on a, a ten hour. Just saying to Mitch in the green room. I've calculated I was on the piss for like 10 hours yesterday. With Jerry Oh, oh rotten in the morning. But I've just had a couple of wines and I've livened up. I'm off all week now. So. Uh, yeah, I, um, I I sort of, uh, my my day started earlier and ended slightly earlier than yours. I think I, dis- I decided 7.30pm, but discretion was a better part of valour and uh, headed home. Uh, but I had started at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. So um, I, I'd had me fill, I think is the expression. What time did you uh, finish? Uh, about seven thirty, I was in the thatched, and then Ashley went home. Surprisingly, even the Duracell buddy went home. Even the Duracell, but he went home before me. And I thought, right, do I stay out now till about eleven o'clock, and just have to completely write off today, or do I go mm. home and be a little bit sensible? And uh, I, did, I still, I still felt like um, the proverbial shit. This morning, and I had to go in the garden. I think you saw me. I was just like, oh, I just had to stay Yeah, I had to go to Singleton Church and I went past down Hardhorn Road. And then um, I go past him, sort of a uh, estate, and he's purring in the end of the huge gates and everything. And then I saw him messing about with some bins, like pulling a few weeds up with uh, AirPods in. I was thinking, I wonder what he's listening to. And my guess, Tim, um, is some sort of audible audio book on some sort of historical event. Yeah, uh, 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 Dan Jones on the Plantagenets. 
There you go. That sounds like that's genuine. That's what I was listening to. Was I almost right? You were almost. It was audible book history. Was it right? This, the uh, history of the Plantagenet kings. There you go. That was what I was actually listening to. Every credit. Yeah, I saw him. He's obviously doing something to try and uh, mitigate the hangover. It's fair play. It's more than I've done. I was supposed to be going to the um, retro games festival in the Norbrecht today, but. Couldn't be arsed, couldn't face it. Mitch, how are you? You obviously drive to the game, so I'm guessing yeah. you weren't well, too bladdered. I wasn't. I'm surprisingly fresh because um, in the morning, Tim was sending his pictures of champagne breakfast and I was knee-deep, well, not knee-deep, but I was kneeling in water in my kitchen whilst I defrosted my freezer. So I had a kind of really rock and roll start to the to the game. Um, but, yeah, um, I was surprisingly fresh because I made up for it when I got home. Um and I was I woke up at about half past twelve today, which is probably the latest I've woke up in about six years or something. It was like it's past midnight, midday. That's kind of student kind of behavior. I know, I know. I know my other half had gone out and taken the lad with her, and I was kind of lost with the, the oh. world. I was too confused about getting up at that time. So yeah, it's that, uh, I'm surprisingly fresh. Writing the blog took all your mental energy, I guess. I've not no. a chance to read it yet, actually. You know, there's those times when you, it seems like when you're hungover that reading seems like yes. hard work. Do you know what I mean? Yes. We yeah, noticed we've got no SG stats tonight. Oh, speaking of XG, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> the 4am taxi back to Preston will tell you all you need to know about my health state. He did, he did well now. to find a taxi at four o'clock. Yeah. How the hell do you manage that? Probably, um... Blinded it's like trying to find an HGV firm. driver, isn't it? Trying to find a taxi driver these days. Trying to find an XG driver, even. What was that, uh, Mitch? What did we call Sean? Uh, we didn't want to call him a friend. Uh, did we? Our, um, no, our accredited slight, slight acquaintance. <laughs> our accredited slight acquaintance looks like he's been on the pitch. Well, he's our, our slight accredited acquaintance. I can't remember which way around it was, yeah. Let's be honest, he's just bottled it because Big Daz came up with the goods. Absolutely. Joe, you've got a, that's a great point. It's a great point. And Mitch, were you like me when you realised that uh, Big Gaz had bagged? There's always that little <laughs> thing. You're obviously <laughs> delighted that he's that with Blackpool's gone, you're delighted that Blackpool's gone on Preston. But there's this little section of the brain, <laughs> a gloating section of your brain that it's fires. It's a Gary Go. It's a Gary Go. I shouted to people around me who I don't know that well. It's Redeen! It's Redeen! <laughs> I think you were some sort of mentalist. Yeah. Everyone's going mental. Yeah. I'm going, it's ready. <laughs> so I apologise to anyone in Block U who was getting shouted, it's Medina by me. Oh, boy, brilliant. Joe. Hmm. Um, me and Joe had arranged to meet up in the corner flag beforehand. Joe's bigged it all up, saying, "Yeah, it's great on the uh, the, out- the outdoor terrace. You get to meet the see the players come past you after the meal." So I went there with me two brother, and my sister, kids, and the motherfuckers won't let us in. He said, "Have you bought?" I said, "No, didn't think you had to." He said, "No, can't come in." So um, Mr. Atherton there was uh, lording it up with the the players, uh, executives, and all that. And, uh, I, I yeah, just, I him, just gave Jerry a little bit of advice because <laughs> I saw him just as I was leaving. 
said, if you score today, what you got to do, especially if you score down in front of the North Cock, is you got to run the length of the pitch, knee slide in front of the East, Adebayor style. Unfortunately, it doesn't come to pass, but it, that settled. He did agree. You that told ass, me that, that assist. He, he said oh, yeah, that was yeah, a good he, idea. He rubbed his hands together and he's like, I like that, I like that, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it would have been brilliant if it had scored and done it. The assist was as good, wasn't it? Let's be honest. It was. Oh, but what what a day, eh? Um, then we went to Bloomfield. That was uh, good in there. Tim, where, where were you pre-match? Did you uh, up to? I was being a bit of a rebel in town. I went to uh, went to Washington. It was a bit moody in town, to be fair. There was a bit going on. And then um, the Washington, you, you, you know, these, these are very random things for you to do. Going uptown to the weather street. Eight, eight, I, weather, I, I really live in the eighties. I'm, 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 uh... <laughs> Washington so I was, used I, to be I, always. I was just surprised Brannigan's wasn't still open. It was like last time I went to Flatpool, it was, you know. But um, and then we went to went to Armfield, and to be fair, it was. I bought two um, things of seven cans from the uh, from the Seasiders podcast bar. As a patron of our uh, our sponsored bar, I went and stood outside, and it was it was pretty pretty great. To be fair, I think it's everything you want the pre match to be, and um, I uh, you know lots of singing, lots of uh, seeing people you haven't seen for a while, and uh, it had a real um, uh, in a special feeling about it yesterday. I thought pre match, which was um, fantastic. So, yeah, that was my pre-match, really. Uh, sort of just uh, wandering, you know, around Blackpool and then down to the Armfield for about half, 12, one o'clock. Mitch, what did you get up to? Well, um, nothing. As I say, I defrosted my freezer. I mean, I can, it's, it's a very good job and uh, it's, it's very nice. You're yeah. obviously chilling out on the match day, just chilling okay. out. The and then I drove down, um, drove down and just walking up, uh, I was walking up at about, I don't know, five to two or something. And it was amazing, the atmosphere outside the armfield. Um, you could hear it all the way down, you know, sort of when you come across the crossroads. And you could hear it all the way down there and there was uh, flares or whatever and smoke going up. And it was fantastic. It felt like, um, it felt, it, to be honest, it felt like something that you don't really get that much at English grounds. Um, it, felt, it felt almost continental in the atmosphere. Mm. It, was, it was great. And yeah, you kind absolutely. of that was the moment you thought, like, blimey, it's here, you know, and it's real and it's 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 happening and we're up for it and everything. It was fantastic. So Joe, did you go to the Bloomfield Club? I think you said. Yeah. You um, you, you trundled off down there, didn't you? We we yeah, saw you outside. Went, out, went outside there and even from there you could hear the chanting from the armfield. And I waited for my dad and my uncle. Uh, outside the reception area, and you could actually see like the smoke bomb type things going off, and you could hear all the chanting and think about something in two... the air, wasn't there? There was yeah. something in the air. Just think about, about two o'clock, that. like there was kind of like a march from the armfield. All the fans that were at the armfield, like all came down at the same time, and yeah, it was a really good atmosphere beforehand. And yeah. it's unusual because before games like these big games, I'm usually really, really nervous. And like I told you at, at, at the Bloomfield pub, I was worried because I wasn't worried. I was absolutely supreme confident we were going to win. 
I think we I think we all were. We? I, I, it was no, a little we, bit. We weren't worried, were we? Where? Playoff final, yes, Tim. Yeah. Where you almost think, you, you, am I being too confident that we're going to win? And is it going to? Am I going to put with egg on my face? But I've I, I got to say, I'm with you, Joe. I, I don't think I ever worried at any one point in the game that we were actually going to lose it. I, 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 we talked about if it happened, how shit it would be. But I don't think any of us actually thought that it was it was going to happen. And um, I was uh, I was as confident as I could possibly be. I suppose pretty much. It was like um, the Yeovil playoff final. It was kind of a, a good day out. You, you guaranteed a good day out, and you were. Pretty confident that we were going to win the game. I'd say it was a similar mindset to that before the game. Um, Tim, I've just sent a message from from Gary Cross coming. Have we heard from Tim's knobber mate? Have you heard from Tom? Tim, I have. To be fair, he's he's he's, he's been on. He, he sent me the uh, um, the Preston. Um, was it what was it called? Um, the the blog that I sent on to you all. Uh, Deep Dale Digest. Um, D, that's it. That's the one. That's uh, done so by he, actual one of my mates. Does that? Oh, he does. Yeah. And he also, before the uh, the LEP came out and said it wasn't happening, he'd heard a rumour that Preston manager was getting sacked. So I have a funny feeling he won't survive. Maybe it doesn't go tonight, but I think they weren't happy bunnies, were they, the, uh, the travelling faithful from uh, from Deepdale? Um... I hope he can stay till March. <laughs> um... well, well, Steve, Steve Bruce is looking for a job, apparently. So, uh, Oligona Solskjaer will be shortly as well. I suspect he might. Debacle today. <laughs> right, this is a Man United talk show. I'm sure there's enough of them. You want to hear from the fourth best YouTubers out there? So let's carry on with our show. And the first, thing we, we dropped discussed... from third. I thought we were third. Have we dropped from third? We've gone down in the hip parade. Well, maybe, uh, maybe we want to maintain our position as the third best YouTube channel. And we're going to do this by discussing the match day 11. Now, who was on the preview show? Tim, were you? I was. can't yeah. remember. You were, We yeah. got it wrong again, didn't we? We got it wrong. We got it totally wrong. Who would have predicted this? I'll just go through the team lineup and then you give us your reaction to it, Tim. So it was... Grimshaw, we got that right. Gable, we got that wrong. We said Sterling. Spud, Keogh, husband we predicted. Winsor, Dougal, Bowler, Anderson, Yates. And who would predict the return? The second coming, Gary Medine, Tim, in a 4-4-2. Yeah. Well, we, we, listen, we, we knew that we weren't going to predict it right because I don't think we ever have done. Um, I mean, I... <laughs> I suppose I feel a little bit sorry for for Dale and for Carey because having played as well as they did on Wednesday night, they must be thinking, "Well, what have I got to do to get us to get a start on Saturday?" Um, but I think I think he's probably thought it's a derby match. It's going to be um, a bit of rough and tumble, isn't it? It's you know sort of the usual rules go out the window, and I think he probably thought he needed that shithousery up front. <laughs> That um, that Medine brings and 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 you know despite perhaps being under the weather uh, performance wise on Wednesday I think you know Keshi Anderson is he's got form hasn't he for 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 performing when we need him to so uh, perhaps it wasn't too surprising to be honest um, uh, yeah but I think I think I think Dale and Carey have got big parts to play for the rest of this season and um, 
But we look back and you can see why he's done what he's done. Mm. Mitch, I think we have to come to you next. Um, in your heart of hearts, did you hate, did you think the Messiah would be starting in this game? Oh God, no, not in a not in a million years. Um I thought he'd go four, two, three, one. It just seemed so persuasive. It seemed the obvious thing to do. But I I did add a slight inkling that he wasn't going to, because in his pre-match he'd be he'd, he'd been really emphasizing that they'd played very well against Reading, but this will be a different game. And he said that about three times, which seemed to you know, he doesn't give much away, but that's as big a hint as Critchie's gonna give that he's not gonna do what everybody else suspects. And the one thing that you know with Critch is he won't do what you think he's going to do. But to be honest, I, I didn't care. He could have thrown 11 names in the air. I just wanted to get on with it. And, I, and, and whoever, whoever he put on the pitch and however he put them out, um, I just wanted them to turn up. You know, I just wanted them to turn up and, and show up and not be overawed and fight. And um, so to be honest, I just saw the team went, oh, let's get on with it. You know, obviously, apart from Gaz, who I was skipping along Bloomfields with a with an extra bit of energy in my step, knowing we're going to see um, enter the church of Gaz. So, yeah. Joe, over to you. Um, I was actually kind of too pissed and too emotional and involved in the day to kind of look at the team sheet, analyse it and take it all in. I was like, it was kind of, I don't know, a bit of a kind of a, a blur to me, the starting in 11. I only really thought about it when the when the game kicked off. You being teetotaler, what were your thoughts when you saw that um, lineup? And if you look for Isaac's comment now, I think Dale's decision came mainly from managing the injury as well as a tactical decision. So kind yeah. of a reasonable point, isn't it? Yeah, in retrospect, I think Isaac's dead on with that. Um I think my response to the tweet was, I don't like it, but in Critch we trust. <laughs> it's like, what do I know? He sees them day in, day out. He's got the coaching badges. Do you know what I mean? He knows more than any of us put together. So Yeah. Your own mantra in Critch we trust. Yeah, what I mean. We in fact, in fact just... I think I think it's the twelve month anniversary of we're stuck with him. Because uh, <laughs> twelve 12 months today, we were second bottom in League One. Was that so, the game we lost to Charlton? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think I think that was where the infamous we're stuck with him came from. So what a 12-month turnaround. Is that a year ago, really, Tim? Yeah, yeah. literally. Uh, um, up the mighty pool have put it on and, uh, t- and said this time last year, we were second bottom in League One. Yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've seen that tweet. They've done a, a league table comparison, haven't they? yeah. Yeah, well, Phil, Phil's just disappeared from the face of the earth, hasn't he? He's not been yeah, on it. I think, I think he's, he's bruised by the fact that Critch is doing as well as he is. <laughs> We're just stuck with him. But to be fair to Phil, I agreed with every word he said on that show, to be honest. You know? it's, it's, there's plenty of people, I think, are getting a lot of satisfaction from saying, oh, I knew it all would go well, you know, but I... I I thought he looked—he looked like a youth coach this time a year ago, and now he looks like the like or somebody put on their little pep. I will—I wouldn't swap him for pep now, you know. Pep's I think Gary Medina's uh, giving him that. I think Gary Medina in the uh, Tangerine TV interview revealed that. That's what the the, uh, the players call him. Right, right. Little pep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right then, the game itself. The game itself. Joe, how did you think we started the game? I think we started pretty much where we left off at Reading. We were on the front foot. Uh, 
it was us in the ascendancy. I think Creston's game plan, if they had one, uh, seemed to be just <laughs> try and get the, the ball up to that um, Emil Reese. He, he, fair play to him. I've looked at his stats. I'm not going to go all XG and all that. But he looks a fairly handy championship striker. He scored quite a bit of gold. So, uh, thankfully, Keo and uh, Epiteta, they had a good game. But, yeah, I thought we were in the ascendancy and there was only one team that looked like opening the scoring. And we did open the scoring, Tim, on 27 minutes. I think Kenny Dugo had a good chance. I think fired one just wide in the 20 odd minutes but should have scored really shouldn't he yeah look at look back at it it was um it was a chance it was like almost playoff final-esque I was I was expecting him to bag that you know like a big time goal um but Keshi's goal kind of came out of nothing obviously a great ball from husband and I still can't decide what happened would anyone I, I, I think it was feet to it Twisted around themselves, didn't he? Did, did it hit his, A lot of people are saying it's hit his standing foot. Yeah, I, I, but, it looks like, but it it looks does, like it, it's not. He's, he's, he's gone to kick it, but it's, it's caught. I mean, it's got to say, before we get to husband, who I thought had a superb first half, he was, was exceptional. Um, a nice little ball in from Kyo as well. And I think it sort of reinforces the fact that, you know, he's a ball-playing centre-half and, and, and this... Yin and Yang relationship he's got going with that Pateta. Uh, but it's a lovely little chip pass into husband just to start the move off. And uh, and and you know, and, and it sort of epitomized husband's first half for me. The fact he was so it was almost playing as a, a, a left wing in the first half. It was fantastic to watch. And um, yeah, he plays the ball in from the left across to Keshi. And I think he bemused himself. I think he bemused most certainly bemused Preston's keeper. And uh, and I think it bemused most of the fan base as well because I think it took us like well it took both well, certainly the north end it, it took us about two seconds to digest what had actually happened. I think when you watch Mitch, it back, Mitch, it looks Mitch, more like he intended it. But yeah, I, I, when I, when I watch it, some, some he's that type of player that knows you don't have to put your foot through it at times and just smash it in. And you can anyone who's played football knows you can just pass it into the corner, can't you? That's what it looks well, like. On well, a if replay, but... says if he played with his le- he played it with his left foot because it was coming across his left. I suspect he intended to hit it with his right, but his left foot got there first. But well, either way, it, it, I mean, the look of the Preston keeper's face is just—I mean, he could have walked across to to clear it, couldn't he? He had that look much time. He didn't think he put a lot of power in it. But whether he was unsighted or whether he just bemused like the rest of us. I'm just going to read that one out for the benefit of the audio pod from Daz McKenzie. Keeper left as it was going wide until the tangerine gods swerved in, Mitch. Great viewpoint. Great, great. You know, you've probably got the best viewpoint sat in the south to try and explain what happened. So, Well, I don't... I, I think Tim's probably given as good a description of the shot itself, but the aftermath of it was really, really weird because it went so slowly and their keeper just kind of watched it and I kind of assumed there'd been a whistle I'd missed or something. And then it went in the net and everyone everyone celebrated. And I didn't quite register that we'd actually scored for about five seconds because it it seemed like they'd almost stopped. It went so slowly. You know, when sometimes somebody puts a cross in and someone just like clips it in, but there's been a flag. 
if if that makes sense. It was so strange. And the keeper just likes to go. It was so strange like that. Um, but he's got form for this, hasn't he? Because there's that there's that um, weird assist he had. And then there's that one against Borough in the League Cup where he he kind of scored an absolute freak where we still not decided where it was. And I, I wouldn't put it past him to have had a go. But when, when he hit it, he sort of stood back and watched it. You know, like somebody who's putted on a, a golf uh, on a golf green, sort of putting and then standing back going, how's this going to go? And he kind of steps back and watches it curls in. Mm. And then he realises that it's going to curl in and he jumps up as if like like a golfer at the end of the Open, you know, and they realise it's going in and they jump up with a club in the air. Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was. It was mm. like a putting Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sam's just put on in the comments, Keshi said the keeper could have thrown his hat on the ball. I don't know if anyone's seen that clip. Yeah, he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. pissing himself, isn't he? <laughs> pissing himself, Joe, and, and takes the piss at the same time, like laughing about it, saying, yeah, the keeper could have thrown his hat on the ball. Okay, brilliant. He's great value, is Keshi, when he's interviewed. <laughs> Do you know what I also loved as well? The way that when we score, husband's his first reaction isn't to go and celebrate, <laughs> it's to go and wind the knobs up. <laughs> Which I thought was absolutely quality. We did say he should... We were having this left-back debate, weren't we, on the preview show, and the shithousery X-Factor that James Husband has got him a place in, in our team ahead of Luke Garbert, based purely on that shithousery property that he's got on there. It brought itself to the fore there, didn't it, Tim, in that incident? It's the knobbers did not like it, did they? No, no, but it's what you... As a Blackpool fan, it's what you want to see, isn't it? It's what you want to see... Your players winding up the opposition uh, to the point where you know, and and, and it, it affects the game, doesn't it? Because generally, if you're being wound up by the opposition, it it helps you play. It doesn't it doesn't detract from your game? Just like Jerry the other day at, um, uh, in 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 the game at um, God, I've forgotten who we're playing now. Um, at um, where are we playing? Reading. Um, at Reading, where they were they were like booing him because he's he's thought he'd, he'd dropped to the floor for the penalty. Uh, but it doesn't. It, it spurs them on. And, um, yeah, it was um, – I just had a little smile to myself when I saw that. Where I was, um, it, again, I think Kelly's just said on the, one of the comments that it was like a, a Mexican wave of celebrations. The South started, then it was in the West. Everyone was like, what, what's happened? Yeah, what's, what's happened here? Is it well, going? I, I I sit in the north at the top of E Block, and he's had his shot. I've literally gone, oh, and I've put my head down. And next minute, I've heard a massive cheer, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even celebrate the goal. I was like asking my uncle what's gone on, and he's like, I, I don't know. It was like <laughs> it was like Chris Kamara. I don't know, Jeff. It's gone in. That was a oh, it was brilliant. Um, Nick Weatherly there, world class. If Van Basten had done that, but it seems a bit fortuitous anyway. Keshi himself has admitted it, hasn't he? He's just clipped his one foot on the other. But brilliant for that sort of thing to happen, Tim, in this kind of game against them. Couldn't have asked it for a better. We, normally, how, I mean, how many times will irk we, them even more? How many times have we watched Blackpool pressing games where every single decision and every single incident's gone against us and you just got to chuckle haven't you because it's it <laughs> yep. it, it just sums it up I, I, so many t- I've, I've been to Preston I've been at home so many times and seen you know you know was it the 
bar and it this and miss it, miss chances which you'll put in the back of the net and they and then they you know they get two or three easy chances and uh, and just to have it reversed is just it's it's it sort of adds that little bit of icing on the cake of the result for me mm-hmm. um because and then particularly when you go back and watch that and I, we 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 do commend you watch this video by the way we're going to make this vlogger the uh, a, a YouTube sensation with a number of Blackpool fans watching it, which I'm sure isn't what he intended. Um, but it just, you know, we've been there, haven't we? We've we felt like he did. Yeah. And so many, so many times, I mean, particularly if you're watching the games in the 80s and 90s, we bloody never won, ever. Bar that, I think, uh, you know, the Ormrod won. I think, I think, you know, they really had it over us every single time. So, uh, yeah, it it, it 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 means it means that little bit more as a result. And when you get something like that, it's just you've got to smile and and just lap it up, lap it up. It's also, I mean, it's it's not quite as um, Blackpool based as, as Tim's thoughts there. But for Keshi himself, it does sound a bit like he's had a bit of a shit time recently. And it was re- and he was he was off his game against Reading, and it was really nice for him to get that look because he played superbly after it. And actually, I'm not so sure that he started the game as well as he can do, if that made sense. And I think that little bit of luck, that goal, and then after that, he was really on fire. So within within the context of the game itself, it was also probably the best player to get that bit of luck because it was the player who just needed to get back on his game and, and, and feel good about himself again, I think. So, mm. so yeah. So just, just just seeing out the rest of the first half, Mitch, we were we were pretty comfortable, weren't we? We didn't have any real scares in front of goal, and then then coming into the second half, four minutes in, they've got a four on one. Ben Whiteman's, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was shitting myself when they yeah. broke four v Jordan Gabriel. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean absolutely, and it, it was Jimmy, wasn't it? He did. I agree with Tim. I thought he was. I thought he was superb first half. I thought he was absolutely superb against Reading as well. Um, and I, I, was it him and um, whoever was in front of him? They were playing this, this sort of little one-two, trying to play a little triangle or something. And he just passed it to to a mm. Preston man who belted through. And like you say, four v one. Gabriel hadn't got a clue where to go, who to pick up. Well, you won't, would you? That's no, no, you know, because he knew <laughs> whoever he committed himself to, they'd just switch it. Um, and uh, husband was looking, he was running back with this look of absolute horror on his face. Bowler was the nearest player to get him back, which is the last player you actually want to get back into them. I mean, credit to Bowler, he absolutely, you know, he must have needed to have a lie down for five minutes after that run, because I have never. I don't think I've ever seen anyone run as fast. But he's, the, he's not the ideal player to be coming back into a four-on-one situation, because he's, you know, he's not exactly a defensive masterclass. Um, and they just switched it round. It went to the far post. And I, you know, as Arthur said before, as Joe said before, you know, his head had gone down. I'd, I, My head had gone down. My head had gone in my hands because I thought, you know, and then, way! <laughs> and I, I couldn't believe they'd missed it. I mean, it was that, that was the one chance they had. And it was one let off. And I think, like Tim said before, it just sort of summed up the way that, game went because in how many games against them has the ball gone across to, to whoever it would be you know Andy Savile was the one from from sort of when I started going who would just score and then you get that horrible hollow cheer from the away fans 
And, you know, then it happened again three minutes later. And, and I thought I re- that was the one moment I absolutely shit one in that game. And um, it was a beautiful miss. And we celebrated <laughs> it like we'd scored. It was beautiful. Tim, that could have been a real momentum change in the game had that gone in. And that was an absolute pivotal, pivotal moment in the game. Yeah, and they, they'd come out the second half, hadn't they? Um, and they clearly had the half-time rollicking, you know, the old hairdryer treatment. And, um, that, that you know, for that fifth, first 15 minutes of the second half, that was probably... I, to be honest, I don't think all game we played anything like the way, for instance, we played at Reading or we played in, uh, you know, in, in some of the recent performances at home. But we did it. We were, we did enough. And, and that was just the one period where I was a little bit worried um, up until about six, the 60 minute point. Ironically, I think when they made their changes, they actually, uh, their, their tempo dropped. I, th- I don't think the, the, the substitutions worked for them. Um, and, um, and, and and we seem to take you know sort of get our second breath and come at them again a bit more, uh, but yeah, um, th- yeah, Sam said in the chat if 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 one of ours had missed that you'd you'd be spewing, wouldn't you? I don't think it was the fact he missed. The fact he didn't even hit the target. He was miles off. He wasn't even close, you've, was he? You've, you've got to at least hit the target on a one-on-one unchallenged with about eight yards out. That was the keeper into a save. That was the joy of it. It was such a bad finish. You couldn't help but, you know, <laughs> really, really relish it. Because I think that was the point where you went from, you know, real tension that actually, because they had come out well, that they were going to get back in this. And it was perhaps a mirage and maybe we weren't as dominant. And, you know, that actually all of this was just just the prelude to some kind of other disaster. And I only felt that for about five or six minutes at the beginning of the second half. And that moment, just as you say, it was totally pivotal because it was such a bad miss that you just couldn't help but jeer and mock. And I think from that point onwards, their their, their heads were down. You know, they, they had a few more chances, but I don't think they ever really believed that they were going to score after that. Joe, I, I don't know if I did. I, I don't know if I imagined this or was too pissed to sort of realise what was going on. Did did the linesman put his flag up? Or did he just throw for a goal kick? Was it? I, I thought so. I, I, I was like, I was like, someone kick. was saying to me, yeah. it was offside, but no, not offside. I but. think he's wishing he put his flag up, but uh, no. <laughs> what? Well, unusual because yeah, Whiteman's probably one of their better players as well. You'd expect yeah. him to, uh, to like I say at least at the target, but thankfully he was shite. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, 65 minutes, Tim. Tom Barcusen's come on. Again, I thought that might have been a a conduit for change in the game, you know, coming from his Blackpool background. But he was pretty ineffective, wasn't he, when he came Yeah, on. I mean, I think you're, you're, always, you're always worried, aren't you? Particularly, like you say, um, him and, uh, and, and later, latterly, Brad Potts. You think one of them's going to do something and... And, uh, and and that would just like be rubbing salt into the wounds, wouldn't it? If a Blackpool-based player had, um, had had an involvement in the equaliser, but yeah, um, I, I just think we we seem to go up another gear again after that sixty-minute mark, and um, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm sure we're going to go on to talk about um, uh, the, the Jerry did his did it did the business um, with with God. Which nicely leads on to the chaps at to your right as we're we're looking at it to wax lyrical over the the death finish and the great 
build-up play from from Jezza. Jezza and Medine back together. They're a they're a married couple, know each other's game, they love each other, and uh, Mitch it bore fruit again in this uh, sublime goal. Oh, it didn't. It was it was lovely. It was one of those goals that you could see it happening. I like those goals that kind of you can you, you're just a second ahead of what actually happens. Um, even though it was at the other end from me, I kind of read... If the first one, I didn't really know what was going on. The second one, I, I read it as it was happening and, and was like half a second ahead, or, you know, split second ahead as the ball went over the line. Um, and and Medine, this is the thing that I always say about Medine. I, I love him, not just because he's a big lad who heads the ball up front, but because he has that other side to his game where he does stuff that is... Um, Skillful, it's unpredictable, and, and that little chipped pass at the beginning for for Yates was something I I can't see any other player on the pitch picking a chipped pass at that point, and he, he'd he'd taken it down, hadn't he? And he'd sort of shielded it, shielded it, held it off, and then just lofted this beautiful ball over the top. Jerry went outside, and he had loads to do. And when you watch when you watch it back on the video, Medine just sort of trots very slowly to the edge of the box just drifts very, very slowly, watching his man, watching his man, watching his man, and then suddenly surges and he points there, Jerry. He points and Yates holds it, holds it, holds it. And that pass was sensational from Yates. And I described it in my blog like, you know when you hit a snooker ball and you're just trying to glance it, you're just trying to glance it into the pocket. And it was like Yates had potted it and Medine just sort of, just glanced it into the pocket at the bottom corner and it was a beautifully worked goal. It really, really was. And it is, it's the other side of Yates as well. I mean, that's what... Time for a quick break in proceedings to say if you're enjoying this content and want to say thanks for the pods, please consider joining our Patreon support programme. Starting from the price of a pint per month, Patreon allows you to contribute towards our production costs, gear upgrades and our drinks tab at the dog. Your support will ultimately make the show bigger, better, and I like eating a tin of prunes more regular. You'll also get extra stuff in return, like all the podcasts before general release, backstage access to us and our guests, exclusive Patreon-only shows, and other random bits and pieces. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash pod to find out more and hopefully sign up. His quality about Yates, and I think people have been a bit on his back, well, not recently, but people have been in his back the beginning of the season because he's... He's not scored every time he turns out, but he gives you that absolute quality footballer. Um, and it was just a fantastic goal. It was a fantastic goal. And it came just at that point where, um, I don't know, it, it just came at exactly the right time that to time. relieve the tension and give us a good, what, whatever it was, you know, 17, 18 minutes to just rub their faces in it till the end of the game. It was, it was perfect. We had long enough to just celebrate, you know, it turned that last 20 minutes, 18 minutes into a proper carnival because they weren't coming back from 2-0 down. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was a delight. Didn't, you, didn't the Preston player could have actually put his legs any wider to, to invite the pass through it? <laughs> when you see, when you watch it back, it almost seems like he's doing it on purpose. It's like bizarre. But I mean, there's nothing worse, is there, as a defender being Megs and, and to do it in a in a derby match and it leads to a goal. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be he's not gonna he's not have enjoyed his day today, is he? He's certainly not. Joe sat in the north, 
describe describe the atmosphere when that goal hit the back of the net. It was yeah, riotous. Um, I didn't I didn't see the first, but I definitely saw that one. I nearly ended up a bloody crowd surfing down from the top of Block E. <laughs> that would have been an interesting sight, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, let's not let's not go any further because uh, you know our friends at Reading they do pay for my benefits, so. Don't want the DLA finding out I'm jumping up and down like a lunatic. Um, but yeah, like you say, just the atmosphere. It was, it was more relief that we knew the game was over. You could maybe see Preston sneaking something off the set piece, mainly due to our vulnerability at set pieces. Um, but yeah, I mean, 2-0 with about, I think, what was it, the 68th minute, that goal. It was game over, effectively, like like Matt said. And, yeah, we could all breathe a massive sigh of relief and just actually enjoy the final stages of the Blackpool game, yeah. especially against them lot. Fantastic. I mean, Tim, I think we've said on previous shows that we've every, every game that we've won so far this season has been by a very tight one goal margin. And as Joe's just said, then we've never been able to enjoy a win in a, in a carnival atmosphere. And, and what a time to get our first ever kind of comfortable two-goal two goal lead, take the piss basically out of them for the last 20 minutes of the game. And the best moment for me, I said this to my sister, was when we both agreed with this, when the full-time whistle's gone, to hear the en- entire ground serenading the Preston players with Preston get battered everywhere they go as they're all <laughs> trudging off. It's that quality, is one of the greatest it? moments I've ever witnessed at Bloomfield Road. And their players go up to their fans who are basically all sticking their knees up at them and booing them. So they, they do a quick turn around and head for the tunnel. Was it my <laughs> imagination or was there not a lot of handshaking at the end from the players either? No, well, I, think, I don't think there's any love lost, is there? I mean, we'd obviously had the sending off just before... Just before the end, didn't we? Which was uh, a bit handbags, but you know, you need a bit of that in the derby match, don't you? A little bit of a little bit of grudge. You could tell that one of their players was going to get sent off from the off, because right. especially down that side with Bowler and Gabriel, they couldn't live with him. They couldn't live with either of them, especially Bowler. The only way they could stop him was to foul him. Well, had Bowler not hurdled a few wild challenges, then I think one of their lads had, had have gone in the in the first half. And there was one in the first half, I can't remember if it was on Bowler or Gabriel, that I thought he was probably the last man, actually. And ref gave a yellow, and I thought there was an argument that that was a red. Um, and I thought there was a half, there was after we scored their first, there was 15 minutes where they just couldn't live with us. And they just, they there were three, weren't they, in very quick succession, yellers. And I thought they were actually slightly lucky to finish the half with with um, with 11 on the pitch, to be honest. So, yeah, we, pro- we... Sorry, go on. Yeah, so saying, we, we ran out 2-0 two, two winners and after the game, there was obviously some issues with the, the police, which we'll, we'll come on to. But now we'll just move on to the player rating section. We're on 45 minutes already, our time flying when... When you're having so much fun. So, Tim, let's start with you, Dan Grimshaw, player rating section of the show. I just think Grimshaw he's, he's, performed uh, today. I'm, 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 I'm warming to Dan, actually. I think um, he, uh, I was a bit worried, I, I, probably from the Forest game, I was a bit worried about his kicking. And, um, but I, I noticed on Wednesday night his distribution was a lot better for me. Um, or, well, certainly I, I noticed his distribution was a lot better. 
And I think he, I think he looked. I thought I thought he looked okay again yesterday. I, I think he, yeah, that one way just dropped it a little bit, didn't he? Just in front of the the press and players coming in, but then caught it. But I don't think he they really troubled him. Um, so I can't give him a really high score because I don't think he had to do too much. Uh, but I think it's a solid eight. Right. Sorry, I'm just uh, I'm just texting my nephew. Send a wine up. <laughs> Let's see, see if she gets. See if my sister gets. She's downstairs. You've got. To, you've got to have a. You've always got to have a spare, John. You've got to have a spare on games like this. Have you got a spare? I've got, got, got a spare. <laughs> it's called being being prepared. As us. Boy scouting me. Love it. Love it. So viewers, if you watch that door open, there's a wine coming up. Let's see if she's got that drink. Uh, Mitch, over to you. Then Jordan, Gabriel. Involved in that four-on-one. We all said on the preview show that maybe Sterling should start, but I think Gabriel had a, a top-class performance he did. in the yeah, derby, he and he loved the whole occasion, didn't he? He did, and Gabriel is a... As a um, sprite on FIFA or Football Manager or something, uh, Sterling is probably a better player than Gabriel, but as a human being, Gabriel is just... Superb! He just tries so hard. It's it's unbelievable, and I thought he was he was wonderful. And I'm trying to think of reasons not to give him ten, but I feel like nine plus is probably the correct score for him. I don't really know why he's not a ten, but I feel like nine plus is probably the correct score. Are they giving him the ten just for the celebrations at the end? No, I was going to say his celebrations are quality, <laughs> aren't they? He's the one who's always trying to get the fans going and. Yeah. Um, he loves. He can. He have. He can tell. He just loves being on the pitch. Um, great, great, great. Must be a great player to have in the dressing room. Good use of the FPRS system there on the scoring. Uh, good, good see it in action. Tim, let's come up. Oh, Joe, sorry. Joe, Joe is next. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Joe's, Joe's next, sorry. Um, big Marv, Joe. Uh, it's got to be a nine for me. I thought he was excellent. I thought, um, yeah, they didn't really get a sniff, did they? I think he, him and Keogh, they're, they're getting a really good partnership together. There it is. There's the yeah, line. Show the top, man. New top bought yesterday. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh, I saw, on right, that topic. Pop. <laughs> on that topic, I saw the strangest sight after the game in the new top of um, 
somebody was driving next to me, waving the top out the window, and then the wind just picked it up and it flew off down. You know the M fifty five, the road up oh, to the M fifty five. No, and then and I, and I tried to pull over to pick it up. Then I could say like put on Twitter, I've got, but I could there was nowhere to stop, and it was like it was heartbreaking because I'm not sure if it was a kid as well. Anyway, sorry, oh. that was a complete tangent. So if it was, you, me, I'm that, really I think that's sorry. To the best of us yeah. with the scarves yeah. out of the window on the away games. I've done that once. To um, forgotten that's the scarf is jammed up in the window. Put the window yeah. down and the scarf's off down, off down the motorway. Wouldn't, I wouldn't do it with a shirt though. No. I'll take that risk. I'd do it with a five pound scarf. Anyway, we're digressing. Where were we? Big Marv was... nine. Yep, Big Marv. As a, uh, solid as a rock as ever. How was his um, midfield uh, centre half counterpart? Mitch. That's on Mitch. Oh, you gave Mitch Is it you, Tim? Is it you, Tim? Doesn't matter. It is Tim, but um... go on, Tim. Go on, Tim. Go on. Yeah, well, I, I would. I think. I think I'd uh, mirror um, Joe's score for uh, for for Marv. I think uh, Keo was obviously instrumental in the um, build up to the first goal, but just generally solid. I think. I think our two centre backs looked like they had the Preston forwards. Other than that one incident where they managed to uh, end up 4-1, other than that, I think they seem to control them pretty well. So I think it's a solid nine. Mm-hmm. And the man involved in that 4-1, four, one-on-four match was James Husband. That aside, I think he had a, a great game and great shithousery. Yeah, he did. Um, he had a wonderful, wonderful tackle late in the game where he deliberately went in late so that he knew he'd win the ball and clean the guy out. And it was just a beautiful piece of shit house where you could see him check the challenge, play the ball, slide that bit further, player flies off into the hoardings and he just gets up, like, picks him off. Sorry, mate, you know, didn't mean to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it was potentially a really costly uh, mistake. Um, can I do a nine minus for him? As long as, you implement, as long as you're implement, uh, implementing the FPRS system, you can, yes. That's fine. Ryan Wintle, Joe. Um, Mick McCarthy sacked today, so let's hope that will <laughs> hasten his full-time uh, signing for Blackpool Football Club, but it may work the opposite way. Ryan Wintle, in might, might want to be coming in and thinking, let's have a look at this bloke right, who's well, doing so In, in that case, Ryan Wintle was awful. I'd say one. <laughs> and I'd say that he, we definitely need to keep hold of him and to try and coach a little bit of ability into him. Uh, no, he, he was, he's outstanding. He's one of these players that does the little things that you might not notice at the time, but if you like watch it back, the way he just like keeps things ticking over, he's... A very good passer of the ball. He's not shy of getting a tackle in. I like him. I really like him, and I, I hope that we can keep him. But what's that saying? Never fall in love with a lone player. The other thing is, I'm, I'm not too. I'm not hundred percent sure his dead balls are as good as the rest of his game. But you don't um, like I'm, his balls, Tim? No, his dead balls. You know, oh. they're sort of because he's taking with Garb's not being the team. He's taking a lot of corners, isn't he? In the free kicks and. I'm not quite sure that he's, that's quite his game, but his, his, his overall performance in the middle of the park. He's what, him and Dougal, I'll go back to what I said on Wednesday, you don't notice them, but that's because they don't make any mistakes. They just seem yeah. to like find feet with every ball and it's 
it, it, it's. I think we've just got to enjoy it while we can with with, with him in the team and hope hope we could do something in January. I thought he was terrific early on in the game when there was that potential for us to be a bit edgy. I thought he was really, he just, he's got that metronome quality of setting the rhythm and he did that very quickly, sort of giving, distributing it short, giving everybody a touch. He he, he really has impressed me. He's an absolute mainstay in the in the team, isn't he? In he's ever present since. Yeah, he's yeah. Ne- he's, <laughs> he's ever present since he's come on loan. He hasn't he's, missed a minute, I think. I think he's, he's one of the first names on the team sheet. He's one of those players where, bang, straight on, as is Kenny Dougal, Joe. It's Tim, as is it, Kenny Dougal, Joe. Do, do, do we even give Winkle a score? Did we actually Winkle a score? Did we actually get to that point? No. Who was the Winkle scorer? <laughs> no, Mitch did. Sorry, no, sorry, go on. Me. Sorry, uh, Joe. I mean, he had a husband. He was on. I'm going gi- to give him an eight plus, and it would have been a nine if it weren't for that corner that. Got stopped at the first man that then led to them getting that break away from husband. So yeah, mm-hmm. eight plus. Okay. Tim, Kenny, Dougal. Um, I think uh, he had a very very good game again. Um, I think I think, and I'm only going to I want to give him an eight plus because Joe's given uh, Wintle one. I think they basically were on the same par. I'd have probably gone a little bit higher, but let's keep it real. So it's an eight plus for Kenny as well. Um, I think the two of them sort of pretty much dominated the midfield all game. Mm. I think I think we didn't play as well as we have played. We, you know, we played very well today. We didn't. We weren't amazing. But but Mitch, I didn't think we had to be, did we? Given the team that was put out in front of us. No, I'd agree with that. I think we've played. I think we've certainly played better against Fulham. We played better in second half at Bournemouth. We played better probably in spells against Middlesbrough. We certainly played better against Reading, but we won comfortably. And that's really, really encouraging, isn't it? Because, um, you know, we're beating a a side that's been in the Championship for six or seven years. I mean, yeah, all right, they're crap, but... We played played in third... I think we played in third gear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, we're playing the team we're going to finish bottom. So, (laughs) as foretold by Mystic Tim... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the oracle sat there yeah. I saw the oracle emptying his bins today cutting the grass <laughs> around <laughs> the communal area outside his mansion uh, but um, the, the fourth gear is there on that substitutes list and that's yeah. that's what's so brilliant about this situation that we find ourselves anyway I digress so Mitch over to you now with, um, with Josh Bowler I thought he played really well, did Josh. Um, I thought he scared the hell out of them. Like I said before, they they resorted to just trying to take his legs because they had no answer to him. Um, Did he always use the ball as well as he could at the end of it? No, but that's Josh Bowler. And there was a couple of runs that were as thrilling as anything I've seen in years. There was one in particular where he just got it from the halfway line and he hurdled two or three challenges and then stopped dead and just threw their man pretty much on, on, on you know, kind of the momentum, just threw their man completely. Um, I thought it was great. Nine. Yeah. Another brilliant performance from Josh. As Ted said, uh, Tim said he's the player that gets you off your seat and you pay your tickets for. Right, Joe, Keshi Anderson. Back to his and, best, certainly in the second half of the game. Yeah, I think like Matt spoke on it earlier on that obviously we don't want to speculate what, what the issue is, but he's obviously had 
um, uh, personal problems in his life at the minute. He was a little bit off it at Reading, which is completely understandable if you've got real-life issues affecting you. And I thought yesterday he was absolutely superb. He was all over the shop. Uh, every end of the pitch covered every blade of grass. Uh, the goal, which, I mean, purely just for flummoxing and leaving the Preston keeper a little discombobulated, I think was fantastic. Oh, hang on, hang on a minute. <laughs> I like that one. Tim, um, Tim, you've never said anything like that. God, say it again, Joe. Your... Which one, flummoxed or discombobulated? <laughs> discombobulated, that's a quality one, that. Thank you. But, um, yeah, I mean, he scored a goal against the scum in a win. Ten. Gone from discombobulated to the scum. Shows uh, your vast range of uh, intelligence and IQ there, Joe. You can mix it with the masses and take the likes of Tim Fielding to school, Mystic Tim. Ten Was take, it a ten for Keshi then, yeah? Yeah, you can, take the, you can take the boy out of Martin. And, and then you can insert him in Rotherham. God, don't. <laughs> Where did it all go wrong, Joe? Eh? Could have ended up in Paulton Lafayette. Trimming the grass verge around your bins. Okay, old Mystic Tim over there today. <laughs> right, Tim, Jerry Yates, the king of now, the nutmeg. Um, I, I do really do hope he said Megs as he did it, as as he's been quoted. <laughs> oh, oh, That's the cherry because on the cake, isn't it? It's the icing on the cake. It's the sprinkles on the cake. Cherry the on the icing on the cake. It's locked um, So, Jerry, Jerry gets... A nine plus, but a ten if that's confirmed. <laughs> uh, Can we create a new score like an eleven? We things can. like that. Yeah, it, it would. It, if he said Megs, he puts it through his legs. That is like going down in folklore. <laughs> so uh, um, nine plus, whilst it remains unconfirmed. But if yeah, uh, so. Sky Sports News can. Clarify, I'll up I'll up I'll upgrade it, I'll upscore it. So Jerry, if you're listening to this, you know, your mates with Joe now. I want you to yeah, go I'll, and, uh, I'll, ask, I'll ask him next time I see him. Next time Joe's gonna see I'll him. I'll willingly willingly upgrade it. <laughs> right, gent, so that was the game anyway. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, we've we've missed the key player, John. Do you know? Because this new view, can you see? Our heads are curry- covering up. They are. They're How dare up. I, may, I may the Lord, it's, May it's, the Lord, May yes. the Lord strike me down for that. Just see it there. <laughs> the little gap the there. See, so it's there. It's missing. Our heads are in the way. Let's get us out of the way. There he is. There he is. I've covered Tim <sighs> up even better. I think, Mitch, you've got to do this, haven't you? Well, I think I, I've, I've got to use um, Arthur's logic before, Joe's logic before. Um, he's, he's scored. He's got to get a 10. Um, but we haven't mentioned that back heel in the corner. I mean, I, I think that would have been quite near you, Joe, where he, he took yeah. it down in, in the corner and he just held it off and then just suddenly pulled out that incredible back heel that actually was led to the doodle chance, which was another piece of, of, of Gary genius. Um, 
fans of fans of of Gary's touch stats will also be pleased to know that that he achieved forty two in this game, which is the second highest number of touch stats. I love, I love, I love the fact that you're actively going out of your way to gather this information. Yeah, forty two on here for the world to hear and see. It is the second most touches by a Blackpool centre forward since Gary Medine achieved whatever it was, 49 in in his, or 53 or whatever it was last time I mentioned it. So he's, he's not quite up to his own standards, but better there. And six aerials won, which is five more than the entire midfield and attack put together. So there we I've, go. Gary Medine, doubters, doubters weep him, and this, repent. Him Joe. here. Him there. I, him. Yeah, down there, yeah. There he is, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Repent at his feet. I've got um I've got some Sean S stats for uh, Gary on uh, his performance on, on Saturday. It's the uh, XS uh stat, which is the uh, expected shit housery, which uh, he did really well at. There was one incident which was fantastic. Thanks. The ball had gone out and he got the ball boy to throw the ball to him and he just headed it back over the advertising <laughs> order. Yeah, I saw that. the trusted goalkeeper to get. Outstanding. I think he headed it into the actually into the advertising order and it bounced into the middle of the pitch, which made it even <laughs> go even further away. And how many times did he suffer a near career-ending injury in that last 20 minutes? <laughs> Going down, and you thought he's going to need a bloody cardiac resuscitation, and then, <laughs> then he was fine. <laughs> Five minutes really, later, again, the only thing that let me down a bit is that he didn't get involved in the scrap. I guess that puts the old no, uh... because because <laughs> he was he was just hey, what about, what, 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 about X, what about X A expected aggro <laughs> <laughs> along with expected <laughs> shit housery, Sean. Get your little notepad out with your shorthand, all that crap you were telling me about. It's really hard. We are introducing two new standards into this expected load of rubbish. Shit hours are in aggro. Get it written down. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Is he getting a score anyway? anyway what's, He's got a 10. 10 plus. Less than a 10. 10 plus, plus, plus. Yeah. No, so he's getting a 10. He scored. He was good. Um, he's getting a 10. <laughs> and he had a nice just, curry after the game as well. He did. It? And I had a curry too, because Gary had a curry. I had a curry. So that was good. <laughs> I had a, uh, a Chinese banquet in China, Red. What did you have, Tim? Uh, I came home and I had uh, prawn stir fry. What did you have, Joe? Um Rock and roll lifestyle that I lead. Uh, I went for a, a celebratory uh, fish and chip supper at the cottage. Uh, mm. Other other fisheries on the field are available. <laughs> I think we should bring another uh, rating statistic: expected heart attack. So X H A. So well, I'm, I'm leading the way on that one. Don't worry. <laughs> I think we'll be right up there. Don't worry about that with alcohol consumption and. Uh, saturated fats after this game but yeah so one more thing after the game before we go was the incident on Bloomfield Road with the oh, we're not having man of the match oh yeah sorry go on yeah man, man of the, the match one. Tim you you since you've 
corrected me. Away you go. Yeah. Well, I'm, actually, I'm actually going to go for Jimmy Husband, I think. Um, I thought he was superb, I think, since he's come back in. Um, he's uh, he, He's been exceptional. I thought he was better, actually, at Reading. Um, but the first half today, I thought he was uh, fantastic and, uh, and uh, involved in the goal and and uh, and was rivalling uh, uh, Gary Medine for the Schatowsery Award of the day. So um, on the, no, Tim, no, 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 Tim, on the XS score. Chart. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry, on the XS score, he was up there. <laughs> he was up there. I don't know how he how the score. We'll have to ask Sean to explain the scoring system, but I, I'm sure he was uh, highly placed. So, Joe, um, Tim gives it to James' husband, I think, based on his excess stats. Uh, how about yourself? Well, will be Gary Medine. He just pips it on the fact that he scored a goal. The the excess was up there as well. So, that on the goal, yeah. Good lad, Gary Medine. He's a goal machine. Got him on a free, didn't we, Mitch? We certainly did. Oi, oi, oi. Um, I'm doing the... it just to line Sean up, mainly. Yeah, um, I was actually going to go for Cash, surprisingly, because I thought he was the player that that drove in that dodgy period we had. I thought he kind of drove us forward in that in that fifteen minutes after half time. He was the player that sort of pulled us out of that with his driving runs and so on. So I'm going to go for Cash above Gaz. Just say Gary Medine, Joe. Yeah, Gary Medine, yeah. Hey. Just pure, pure. He did, A, he deserved it, and B, just to piss Sean off and <laughs> illustrate to the world that he's wrong, wrong, wrong about the god that is Gary Medine. So, Gary Medine, for me. Right, manager rating, Tim. Throw us yeah. a curveball yet again, and we've we've... We should know by now, never to second-guess him, and he's just done an absolute job on the knobbers in operating in third gear. Yeah, and I don't think we... I don't. I generally don't think we got out of third gear, which is great that, that we dispense with them so easily, really. It's a little bit like getting that shit off the bottom of your shoe, isn't it, really? You know, just... Um, we 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 were all over them. We but we, I always felt that if we, we had options... They brought Brad Potts and... Well, he was in on who, who, you know, I don't think had any real influence. Well, I think we had players we could bring on who would have had influence if we needed them. And um, an interesting stat, actually, is that if you look at the last 10 games, we, we've got 19 points out of those 10 games. And that's pretty much playoff form, isn't it? And for, whether we're up there at the end of the season or not, the fact that we're able to consistently perform at this level um, is is very very encouraging, and it's not against crap teams. You know, we've had the Fulhams mm. in there, we've had the Bournemouths in there, we've um, we, we you know we've had some uh, Reddings and whatever. We've had something. You know, we've played the team. We're going to finish bottom. We expect to win that one. Um, but in, in all honesty, I think he's superb, and I think he's. I think I've said it before. The fact that we can't guess what team he's going to put out means neither can the opposition. And I think they're left they're less guessing in the same the way that we are, and that's got to be a good thing, I think. And um I like that he seems to have adopted Klopp's post match ritual, which is also but he's loving it, isn't it? He's he's clearly loving it and he's loving the fact that he's the manager, he's loving the fact that he's got this we've got this atmosphere going and um I think it's 
I just hope it continues for a long time. So uh, it's a 10 from me. Joe Critch said in a, another post-match interview, you may have noticed that he looks at the North stands and he said, I wish I could be actually, you know, if I wasn't managing, I'd love to be in there. I wish I was in there with them. And I think there's such a bond now between Neil Critchley and the North stand and the rest of the fan base that it's, it brings a, a warm feeling in your heart and your soul, doesn't it? To, to know we've got another player there, uh, sorry, manager, dare I say, since who gets it since Billy Air. Yeah, definitely. Um, the only thing I want to happen this week, apart from obviously decent performance at Bramall Lane on Saturday, is uh, news from the club that is a uh, signing extension to his contract. I know that contracts mean very little these days, but when he does eventually go, because sadly he's not going to be here forever, well, that would be the plan for me. Um, make sure that we're going to get a, a fat load of compensation because. I can't, I can't not see him managing in the Premier League and succeeding there. I'd love it to be with us, but it's for me, it's just a matter of time before he ends up managing a Premier League team. And your mark is eleven. <laughs> you know, that's outside the scope of. Uh, Sorry, Tim, ten, it's ten not ten within plus. the. It's not within the parameters of the FPRS system. I think. Ten plus. A... Ten plus. That's better. That's better. Mitch, I'll just throw a few stats at you. First time we've beaten our local rivalry. Oh, you are, yeah. You being uh, of that <laughs> persuasion. First time we've beaten them since 2009. First home win since 1997 against them. Shit houses, six wins in our last nine championship games, three wins at home on the bounce, and we are now joint fifth in the table. Joe said there he's going to go to the Premier League, but it ain't beyond the realms of possibility that it's going to be with us this season if we keep this momentum going. And with all that information in your monkey brain, as you said a few shows ago, Bring us a score based on that data that is now in that monkey brain. Score for Gritch. <laughs> so that's a long way, a very complex way to ask for a score for Gritch, John. Um, it's, well, it's I'm, three glasses, I'm three glasses of wine in, so <laughs> yes. yeah, I'll take that into account. It's a 10, clearly. We've beaten Preston 2-0 at home. He gets a 10. He's picked a team that none of us thought of, and, he's, and he thoroughly deserves a 10. Um I think he can take us to the Premier League. I don't think it'll be this season. That's my honest feeling. But I think he can take us there. Um, and I think, I think, a sense that he knows he's onto something good here because he's got control, he's got respect, he's got time to put his methods into place. He's built a culture and a group of players who are absolutely buying into what he's doing. And I think he'd be stupid. Well, I don't think stupid's the right word, but I think he'd be naive to walk out and go to, I don't know, who's crap in the Premier League. Um, some Man United. United. Yeah, well, yeah, he's not going to go there, is he? But, you know, somewhere where he's going to get this, you know, it's going to take him months to turn it around and build a new culture and... You know, they don't give you the time in the Premier League. No, either, do they, they don't. 
They don't. And I think he understands what coaching is. And I think he really, really, really enjoys coaching. And here he gets to coach. He gets the space to do what he wants. So I think I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping he's here long enough to take us where he's going to take us. Have you given us a score? Oh, I've given him, I gave him 10. 10, sorry you did, yeah. Yeah. Three three large glasses of wine in, remember. <laughs> right, so let's just end this on a, a negative, don't end this show on a negative, but there was a negative after the game. I uh, experienced it personally, courtesy of the Seasiders police. Uh, Mitch, you, you were involved in it, and Joe, yeah. you, you just wheeled your way through the... Um, how can we describe this? The line police, of police cordon. Yeah. The police cordon. A long the most... story short, they were just blocking everywhere, and I went, "Look, I'm not being funny, lads. I live down the road. My mum's put me tea on. Let me through." And they let you through. Yeah. I worked. But, I, played, know... I played the old wheelchair card. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to play it now and again. But um, it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever. I've ever been involved in the fact, Tim, that they've they've shut off the north. They've advertised that beforehand, so they've stopped you from going out the north. They've blocked off any exit onto the Revo Park. They've completely blocked off Bloomfield Road, so you cannot get down the South End where a lot of us were parked. They've told us to go down. Uh, forget the name of the road. One of the side streets, Saint Helier's. Saint so Helier's. So we thought we'd go down there and and then sort of do a a left onto the. Central Drive. They've blocked off one of those roads. We've gone to the next road. They've blocked that off. So literally, the only place you can go is go all the way down to Waterloo Road. And so as we've done that, a huge mob of Preston fans is literally coming towards us. And we were kids. And no police to be seen. It was it was the Mate, most it's, ridiculous it's beyond, thing. It's beyond stupidity. And, it, and it's all born out of this. And I've said this on Twitter, and I've said it, I think, on here. It's born out of this excuse the vernacular, PC bollocks that you can't keep fans in the ground for 10 or 15 minutes. It's false was he, imprisonment. Was he, was he in charge of the operation, PC we're bollocks? Yeah, PC bollocks, yeah. <laughs> um, we, we, you know, it's all about this concern that they're going to get sued for false imprisonment. It is absolute nonsense. And, it's, and to be fair to the police on the ground, I don't think it's coming from them. I think it's coming no. from higher up the chain. I don't think it's coming from, Bla- I don't think it's coming from Blackpool Football Club. Um, and it is bit where in what world do you not understand the fact that keeping fans in for ten minutes um, makes it safer for everybody to leave for them for us for everything and it, I mean we, you know we as it happens we 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 were going um, uh, down towards the Bloomfield but we had to go like right the way around past the cinema or um, and it's just it's absolute rubbish they just keep them in. Get get rid of us and then let them out. How many times have we had to do that? How many times have we been in Preston and had to do that? And did there's anybody of... complain? Really? No. Yeah, look look at that, Tim. There's a lot of comments coming in from you. Saw Liverpool captain Ben H. Liverpool fans were kept in the ground today. Liverpool were kept in the ground today. Liverpool were kept in the ground. So I think I think I understand what they do is they have to go to court and get a, an order from the court because this is the nonsense world we live in these days. They've got to go to court to get an order that they can actually do it. But why don't you just make it part of the TNCs of buying a ticket? The T's and the TNCs and the ticket are that by, by purchasing this ticket, 
you agree that we can keep you in the ground 15 minutes post-match um, for your own safety, for the safety of other people leaving the ground. It's not hard, is it? It is not hard. And that's all they need to do. They can put it on their way tickets. And, you know, you can even get people to sign the ticket before it gets issued to them if they want. It is it is beyond and we've had it all season and to be honest it's actually getting a bit boring now it's it's actually we, we, we predicted all this didn't we we did yeah, predict it is, all this it, and somebody need somebody at the top of the police chain needs to have a good look at what's going on because somebody is going to get seriously hurt it's where's it's the accountability it's it's in what about, what about when millwall come what about when millwall come or somebody yeah. you know and and, and the statement the statement they put out was absolutely rank because it said that basically Blackpool fans were put out be, they were put out because they'd had to walk five minutes. No, I wasn't fucking put out because I had to walk five minutes. I was put out because I had to because my ten year old who's pretty fearless, he's not soft, was actually quite frightened when some Preston twat was jumping in front of me shouting, "You want some? You want some? Come on, you lot! Give you've been giving it us all game. You want some?" Dancing around in front of me, and I'm like, "That's fine. I've been to plenty of football matches. I'm a forty year old bloke, I but around me there's people with kids, and you look round and there's not a copper to be seen. Now we came out against Middlesbrough, which is with you know a much bigger crowd actually. Middlesbrough. We came out against Middlesbrough. Police directed you round. There's then there's police kind of stationed on the on the walk out of the ground and kind of the whole thing was organized and supervised that was the last away game I, no it was forest as well that was fine there was no hassle at forest there's no hassle at Middlesbrough that i saw you come out at blackpool in your own ground you're directed into some side street where then you, you there's no place in sight when you meet the away fans that's inept and then to put out on twitter that oh it's just fans whining because they've had to walk a bit further i fa- i was i was fuming when i saw that statement and, and to be fair to preston and to be fair to preston fans they yeah. are saying it's the worst policing they've ever 100%. ever seen yeah there was yep. somebody on there's somebody on a company's avftt or twitter saying they actually pulled a preston family out who were really not and taking them down to the station because they were, you know, because they were pretty unhappy with the whole situation with little kids with them who were frightened and stuff. And it's just, it's just dreadful policing. And they weren't, they weren't, when I, I got back round to the crossroads of Bloomfield, I think it's Waterloo Road, isn't it? And yeah. there was a group of lads were going, you need to get up there to the, to um, the, the Savile Road and, I think Savile Road, the Preston fans were coming down. And the coppers were just completely stony-faced, ignoring them. And then about three or four minutes later, a load of police horses go up. It was like the fans were going to, were, were, had more intelligence about what was actually going on than the police did, which is, is not the way it should be. It should be controlled, and it wasn't controlled. And the fact they put a statement out saying, oh, we've done a great job, it was all successful, they've got lucky there. They've got lucky that actually it didn't properly go. I was was, remonstrating with one of them, saying, you've literally just sent us into the path of a a mob of Preston fans with, like, kids and stuff. There's, like, four kids with four or five kids with us. And do you know what he said? He said, well, you've not been hit, have you? That's literally, that's exactly what he said. He said, well, you've not been hit. You're You're not hurt. I was like, that's not the point. Yeah, the, the, the attitude, the attitude think... was really bad. I mean, I was literally. It took me twenty minutes to get from um, 
the, the club shop area where all the, the police vans were to the Bloomfield because they were letting people through bit by bit. And I got told off for going on the road. And I'm like, there's no cars about. I need to cross the road. How am I supposed to do it? Fucking levitate. Not a fucking Dalek. <laughs> Just the attitude was like ridiculous. It was it was disgusting, wasn't it? It was disgusting. I saw I saw someone, I don't know, I don't know why, but someone was really, really upset that they couldn't go through the cordon. And I don't know I don't know what the story was behind it. I don't know if it was reasonable or not, but they were really, really upset and they were being absolutely screamed at. Like really, really screamed at. And the police were of... physically they were physically pushing people as well, the police. I don't know if you but saw that. What I don't understand is they've got this big problem with keeping people back in the ground. But they haven't got a big problem telling people you can't walk down certain roads, you can't walk down yeah, certain 100%. streets. I don't and get so it. if you're talking about infringing people's civil liberties, then what why is it less of a breach of somebody's civil liberty to say that you can't walk exactly the normal route and work home than than it is to keep somebody back for ten yeah. minutes? That's exactly what I said, Tim. I said that to those coppers when they stop us stopping us from going to Road. I, I was just jokingly saying, You're you're infringing my human rights. By not allowing me to walk down there, yeah. and the, their attitude was disgusting. And, and another thing is, it, does anyone watch a walk from the wild side? Then um, that chap that does yes. the, the yes. views, he's done a good one for the. Yeah, that one's very good. That I it was very that. good. The, the one he's done for the day. And did you see the amount of police vans and police yeah, it was ridiculous. personnel that were? Imagine the bill for that. Imagine the bill, and that's—is it Tim? Am I right in thinking that's the club that has to pay all that? Uh, depends whether it's in the vicinity, how uh, how close it's to the ground, I think. But um, I mean, they were, they, they were using these dispersal orders quite. They were handing them out like confetti. And I, listen, I mean, uh, in town, um, there, there was you know I, I, there always is, isn't there? There's group, there's groups of lads hanging around, but they were corralling them. And when they've corralled them, they're handing out these dispersal orders, and then you can't go to the game. So they take your picture. They give you they give you this piece of paper with a map on it and say, "Right, you can't now go to the game." Now, some of the some of the, the quite a few people they haven't done anything. Now there, there may be some high jinks. There may be you know they're hanging around as as listen. We've all done just to see what's going on. And the next minute you've been handed a piece of paper saying you can't go to the match. And you haven't done is anything. That leg- is that legally binding? Yeah, it's, well? it's legal, but that, that how right. much of an infringement of your civil liberties is that compared mm. with being kept back for 10 minutes? It's absolute disgrace, to be honest. Now, I can understand how, you know, I can understand whether in Preston, if you've got fans who haven't got tickets who are about to board trains to Blackpool, I can understand it to a certain degree the logic behind it. But when you've got 50 people walking um, as, as it happens, away from the train station, because I saw it, away from the train station um, towards around where the Washington was, and they get corralled and every single one is told they can't go to the game, even though they've got a match ticket. What's all that about? Mm. What is all that about? I think, where, where do we go from here then? I think we're, we're all in agreement. I think, look at all the comments that are flying in about the, the, the police's attitude and the way they respond to people. Where where do we go from from here? And I think it's time the club the club has to 
take a stand with the supporters and back us and come out with some sort of statement or work together for, for some sort of resolution to this because it's a it's just a, a vicious cycle, isn't it? Just going round well, and round. The, and round, the, the decisions changing. for me are being made by people who a don't. Now I might be wrong here. A who don't attend games. This is this not keeping people back in the ground. I think this is this is what's dictated all this. This is we will not keep we will not keep fans back in the ground, and for me, <laughs> it needs common sense. It needs it needs fans, uh, the ground safety officer, and you know, listen, I've got great you know I've got good relationship with with Tom and a couple of others on the police, but they're not making these decisions. I think these decisions are coming. They'll, they'll correct. No doubt, they'll correct me if I'm wrong. But these decisions aren't theirs. I think it was their decision to police it a lot better. And it's about time the PC Brigade, I don't mean PC Police Constable, the PC <laughs> Brigade just back off and let the the police who are on the ground do the job properly. Because I don't think any of those that were there yesterday dictated that policy. No. Uh, one, one I spoke to, Tim, I was sort of having a go at him. And he was like saying to me, he said, look, it's all the match commander's fault. Well, not fault, mm-hmm. but he said, this is all the doings of the match commander. We're only doing what we've been told to do by the match commander. So whoever this well, guy the is... the match commander wants to come on here and justify his policy when you've got young kids scared, yep. when you've got people being massively inconvenienced, all for the fact that 2,500 fans can't stay in the ground for 10 minutes. And that's, what, that's what's dictating all this. And it is absolute nonsense. And it needs to stop. The other point that was that was poor, and I mean, it's possible I've missed this, but I don't know if you found this. You came out the ground, and then we were like, "Well, what's going on?" You know, we knew that that was the arrangement, and it's possible I could have missed this. But I bought a program yesterday. I sat in the ground from about twenty past two. There was no announcement about you know what was going to be happening. That fans would be rooted in a particular way, or that roads would be closed, and and that instantly just appears to be a flaw is if you've got a policing plan then surely you've got to communicate it to the supporters what it is and why it's there and what's expected of them and it's like oh don't bother it's just football fans we'll just we'll just we'll just point they have to go that way they have to go this way and I thought that was poor as well because I saw in the comments before when I said well you know there was no trouble at Borough whatever somebody said there was trouble at Borough but there the probably was, but the point is that what I thought was really rank about it was we didn't have any choice about where we go. If you've been to, if you've been to a lot of football matches, you can tell where the trouble's going to be. You know how to keep your way out of it. You know, you know, you know where sort of the vibe and and it was just everybody being funneled into one place and and nobody actually knowing. When I came across the Preston fans, I was I, it was suddenly a jolt. They were just there suddenly, yeah. and I assumed. Yeah. I assumed that we were being filed away from them. So I was kind of, it was ridiculous. The, the, the police was, there was no the police basic was, communication. No, the police were saying to me, Matt, uh, Mitch, on Bloomfield Road, they were saying, look, you're just being held here because there's a load of Preston fans. If you want to go straight down that road, there's a load of them there. So we're just trying to keep you away from them. So if you want to just hang around here for 10 minutes, and then they'll be gone. But then they were saying, just go down that road. Right into the right into the the mob of them. It's, yeah, and and by the time we've got all the way down that road, there's no police to to deal with any flashpoints because they're all just yeah. kicking their heels back and bloom for the road and in the the double time or whatever it is wrong. And it must have been a hell of a bill. I'd love to see the bill. No, and the, and the reality is, got in on, even on a more basic level, even though all that 
by shutting off that north gate, you're pushing all the north fans around onto Bloomfield Road anyway. So you're creating a bottleneck. And where are most of the away fans parked who haven't come on coaching? This is all dictated by coaches and not wanting the north lot to get away near the coaches, as I understand it. But well, they're all sending them all the way around. But a vast majority aren't on coaches. So, so, Tim, just to interrupt, the majority that come on coaches are kind of family types and well-behaved sort of BSA types, aren't they? So they're not going to be the troublemakers, aren't they? No. So the ones that that are coming round are the ones who are going to the Blackpool South, they're going to the car parks, and they're all coming... We're all all, all meeting in the middle. The police caused everyone to meet in this tight area. They They are the problem. They've caused this problem, and they need to be accountable. And on that note, <laughs> come on and explain yourself, match commander. Yeah, what do you think? I mean, at the end of the day, the public servants and the paid for out the public purse and the paid for out of our taxes, and I, I think they need they need some sort of accountability on this. And what what's the way forward? How how do we kind of force this as a collective? I think I think I think it's one. To be fair, it's one for the um, uh, for, for BST and the other supporters groups at these meetings they have with the club. They've got they've got to listen. It, I think there's quite a cosy relationship with the club at the moment, but I think it needs to be a bit uncozied in relation to this incident because I think a the club needs to come out as I think has been said in the chat. The club needs to come out and support the fans over this because we're not we're not being they- troublemakers. We're talk- we've been we putting danger. We've sense. been put in danger, haven't we? A lot of us with kids in the face the in the face that's... of a complete lack of common sense. And somebody needs to say this has got to stop and this has got to change. Now, how it changes, and and how you persuade the match commander to adopt a different policy, whether the match commander is actually allowed to, from his the powers that be above him, to actually keep fans back in the ground. I don't know. But why is it? Why can we be corralled? And they can't be corralled. Mm. Yep. Now, whether you corral them in the ground or out the ground is almost, you know, it's, 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 what's the difference? There isn't. Because you weren't allowed to go down uh, Bloomfield Road. Joe played the disability card and managed, eventually managed to get down Bloomfield Road. But, but in, all, in the normal course of events, he wouldn't unless he'd pushed the no. point. Yep. And, and the reality is, I had to, I had to do a massive detour. I couldn't have then gone back across Revo Park because there was police dotted all around there saying you can't go that way, you can't go that way, you can't go that way. And I just don't understand. It's, it is PC thought process gone mad and it's all dictated by not wanting to false imprison somebody from what I can gather. Mm. It simply needs maximum negative possibility to attack uh, to affect change from AMAC. I think. What'll change it? And this is this will be the really sad bit. It's when somebody gets stabbed, or when somebody gets battered, or seriously injured. Seriously yeah. injured, whatever it is, you know, somebody will get you know seriously injured, and then they'll have to rethink it. But they shouldn't be waiting for that. They should be doing it now because it's bloody obvious it isn't working. Mm. It's not worked all season. It's not like it's not like it's just Saturdays. Every single game. And you know, I, I'm I'm generally worried about where that where this is going because one day it will kick off and it will kick off. The, the likes of, like you say, Millwall and Birmingham because they're in, they're a nasty lot. Those yeah. supporters, aren't they? And, and when we're in the Premier League, West Ham and other likes, you know, it, but you know, it it's just wrong. What's going on is wrong. 
and it has to start with an acknowledgement that is that there is an issue and that statement and i am repeating myself now but that statement was self-congratulatory yes you know and and actually no you don't congratulate yourself about that because you didn't get it right so i think what needs to happen i think bst and the supporters liaison officer steve Rowland. i think they're the two key people that need to start pushing this issue, I think. And um, let's let's hope something does change. Right, gents. But apart from that, apart from that, it was a bloody brilliant, brilliant day, wasn't it? Well, the ticket just... scanners worked. That that that's, that's that was a good thing, wasn't it? <laughs> they were really that was good. They really yeah. quick. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Rowland's impromptu video showing us how yes. to do it has worked. It did. <laughs> Easy, easy to easy to get in. But right, yeah, an hour and a half, Sunday night, half past nine. Um, I think we've all, we've all put a good shift in this evening. So well done, gents. Just before we go, let's just listen to this again. <laughs> everyone wants that mp3 i'm gonna make it available on the uh the patron app so I have it can i can, can you use it as a ringtone <laughs> you can that's why uh that's why i make it available for patreon there's, subscribers only there's a, good shout in, uh, there's a good shout in the chat someone says we need to have a podcast with a couple of knobbers who are caught up in this um my mates blah 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 which i think is a decent shout that yeah that's yeah it's a Schubert, if you uh, message and, me and let me let, give me the details of the people, and we'll we'll make that something. It's a good we'll, shout. We'll, we'll try and get we'll try and get Tom on from the police if he'll come on. Yeah, well, and maybe you're... Steve Rowland as well. Tom Tom's a football liaison officer, and um, and maybe get Steve Rowland on as well. Let's have a chat right. about it. The constructive chat, you know, because they yeah. they are. I don't think they're the decision makers, but you know, if we can have a chat and say what our issues are, what the problems are, we might be able to find a solution. Mm-hmm. To make it happen, you, you're. I'll, you're I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make send a couple of messages out tomorrow. All right, yeah. All right, everybody. What a great show, eh? Um, hour and a half in. Didn't expect to go on for this long, but um, thanks every thanks ever so much, gentlemen. It's been a, an absolute pleasure sharing this journey with you. But despite the uh, un, what can we call it? unpleasantness at the end, but uh, onwards and upwards. Sheffield United away next uh, next Saturday. And uh, three more points, not something the tangerine machine keeps on going. So all that remains to be said is thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening on the audio pod. And all that remains to be said is up the pool. Up the pool. Up the pool. So just before you head off, I'd just like to bring your attention to a Patreon support program that we are running. This enables you to just contribute a small monthly amount to help support our show and support our content. So head over to patreon.com forward slash seasiderspod. You'll find details of how to sign up. It's about £3.50 per month, price of a pint. And for that, you get a few other bits in return, which is access to our private members' whatsapp group you'll get some exclusive podcasts 
competitions. So we generally run match pass draws for our patrons and just other random bits and pieces as they come in. And we are going to be running an extra time podcast, which is going to be an exclusive podcast just for patrons. So if you want to sign up, patreon.com forward slash Seasiders pod. It'd be great to have you on board. Thanks for listening. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.